0: Today on The Good Word, we're talking about gathering sticks and gathering together. Here's a story I've heard that may have been told to you as well. Here's how I remember it. An old man had three sons and a large farm. He'd lived a good life, had raised his sons properly, he hoped, and had run his farm successfully. But he was old and dying. He called for his three sons, asking each of them to bring to him the strongest stick they could find. His sons complied with his odd request and gathered around his deathbed, each with a stick in their hand. Good, my sons, the old man said. Now gather them together and bind them as tight as you can. After they'd done so, the man gestured at the oldest son, known for his strength, Break this bundle. The eldest tried, pushing and pulling, but he couldn't do it. Good, said the man to his red-faced son. Now untie them. The old man took the thickest single stick and handed it to his youngest son. Break it, he said. The young man, who was still in many ways a boy, glanced at his brothers, then easily broke the stick over his knee. Do you see what I see, my sons? said the father. Strength comes not in individual power, but in unity. And it's the same with us. The commandment to be one has been a part of the Lord's church since it existed. In the first few chapters of 1 Corinthians, Paul instructs the members living in the city of Corinth on what was beginning to be a major issue in the church. The saints had begun to be divided against each other. Some saw who they were baptized by as an important part of their identity, displacing their larger identity as a Christian. Instead of being one in Christ, they were split against each other. Paul points out the flaw in their logic this way. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? We don't know all the details of the Corinthian members' contentions or quarrels, but we are familiar with our own imperfect relationships. Do we ever let petty or insignificant details interrupt the unity we can have in a relationship? Do someone else's imperfections rub up against our own? No person or relationship is flawless, but as fellow saints in the household of faith, we've been asked to be one that we may be His. Here's how President Henry B. Eyring explains why the Lord wants His people and His church to be one.
1: We know from experience that joy comes when we are blessed with unity. We yearn as spirit children of our Heavenly Father for that joy which we once had with Him in the life before this one. His desire is to grant us that sacred wish for unity out of His love for us. He cannot grant it to us as individuals. The joy of unity He wants so much to give us is not solitary. We must seek it and qualify for it with others. It is not surprising, then, that God urges us to gather so that He can bless us. He wants us to gather into families. He has commanded us to meet together often in those gatherings which God has designed for us lies our great opportunity. We can pray and work for the unity that will bring us joy and multiply our power to serve. We are stronger
0: together. We serve better together. We're closer to Christ together. Like the father in the story, our father wants us to be the most successful we can be. As we gather together and serve one another, he can better bless us and we can better bless each other. And that's the good word.